today on Lawyers Rising. Is this actually the practice of law or is it something else? What to do if you have career anxiety about practicing law. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by two members of the BCG Attorney Search Team. Bree Mills is Recruiting Manager and Harrison Barnes is the Founder and CEO. Hello to you both. Hi. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, career anxiety. Everyone has experienced it at least one point in their lives, in their careers. We're going to talk about it in kind of two different facets. Uh, the first at a kind of more superficial level is uh, for lawyers the, the, talking about why the environment that you're in it might be causing you some anxiety. We'll get into some deeper questions later on, but let's just start with this more kind of basic anxiety that I think a lot of lawyers experience at least at one point in their career, and that has to do with where they are practicing law, be it the law firm itself uh, or indeed in the city that they're at. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, Harrison? Yeah. I mean, there's environmental, It's that, and that would be environmental career anxiety. And environmental career anxiety just revolves around, uh, you know, it could be the people that you're working with, meaning, you know, you could be working in a very conservative firm or a very liberal firm and you don't like it. You know, it could be the pace of the work, you know, maybe you don't want to work in a law firm and maybe something that's you know, the government might work better for you. Or, you know, maybe you don't believe in, uh, you know, I spoke to an attorney yesterday, um, uh, an environmental attorney, if, you know, and, um, you know, and I was talking to her and, you know, she doesn't want to work in a law firm. She wants to work for something like, you know, the, you know, the Sierra Club or someone that, you know, is rep- helping the environment and not defending it. And so, you know, people just have different types of environments that work for them. And, you know, sometimes working in a smaller law firm can be good for someone. Sometimes working in-house can be good. Uh, you know, it all just depends on, you know, what's important to an individual attorney and what their goals are. But the environmental career anxiety, it's very important to understand if that's what your issue is. Because, you know, you can be, you know, unhappy practicing law and it may just be because of the environment you're in. And if you change environments, you'll be happier. It's not necessarily the practice of law that makes you unhappy happy. It's the environment. And so it's important to understand if your issue is environmental or something deeper. Well, let's get into that then, talking about uh, career anxiety when it goes deeper, whether it goes to uh, you know deciding if you actually should be in law or not, and kind of getting the right information to be able to make a clear decision. Um, this is a really huge issue. Uh, and Harrison, I think you mentioned uh, in the article that uh, we'll attach to the show notes that almost every lawyer kind of experiences this at one point or another, but you need to kind of correctly identify what really is the source of your anxiety. Um, and indeed, if it goes to something so deep as whether you should or should not actually be practicing law, especially when you're in a very stressful situation, it can be kind of hard to see your kind of the forest from the trees. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about how you can kind of get a clear sense of and a clear understanding of why you may be feeling some anxiety about where you're working? Yeah. I mean, I'll just tell you when I when I started uh, practicing law, I mean, I'd been uh, you know a contractor before I started practicing law where I was outside all day and um, actually doing asphalt contracting. Um, which was just, you know, a ton of fun because you're just meeting all these people. Uh, you know, the the earnings, you know, when you're young are you can actually make a lot more money than, a you know, a, an attorney, you know, when you're young uh, doing it um, and a starting attorney. And, um, and it's just it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, there were things about that career, obviously, that wouldn't be fulfilling. But, you know, for me, when I was, you know, in my 20s, you know, the idea of sitting behind a desk all day and, um, you know, and, you know, just for, you know, 12, 14 hours at a time and, 
um, you know, working for people that were very unhappy and stressed out, just, it just didn't do it for me. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, but there were things I liked about it. And, you know, now at my age, when I don't think I'd want to be outside working on asphalt all day, I would probably enjoy practicing law more, but I certainly didn't when I was younger. But I think the point is about the real career anxiety is there are certain people that know, you know, that they shouldn't be practicing law or they shouldn't be working in a law firm because, you know, you need to get very excited about, you know, details and, and making sure that things are right. You need to get very excited about, um, you know, representing people's interests and caring about them. Uh, I know of an attorney um, actually at a law firm um, that was representing me recently. And, um, and, you know, she'd turn in these papers for these things and they would have, you know, misstatements and typos and they were very careless and, um, and you could tell they were rushed. And, um, and, you know, I said something to her like the first couple times it happened. And then pretty soon the, you know, the, her, her, the partner that she was working under came to me and just said, you know, she just doesn't care about the work. And I, and I let her go. And, you know, that's someone, if you don't care about the clients, you don't care about the work and the quality, and it doesn't get you excited, you know, putting together very good quality work. And you're just thinking about doing something else, meaning, you know, starting a business or even starting a family or, st- or, um, you know, you know, just other things are just occupying your time and, and your thought processes, then you probably shouldn't be, you know, practicing law. There's probably something else that gets you excited. You know, one thing that I found that's, that's very interesting is, you know, um, almost everybody is gift has a gift for, for something. They have a talent and drive to do something. And that could be, you know, in my case, it was asphalt, which is just crazy. But, um, you know, when I was younger, but, you know, it could be something. And so if you have a drive to do something, then that's really, you know, where your energy should be going into. And there are people that have a natural uh, drive to practice law. And I didn't, uh, you know, I'll just, I had an interesting experience when I was in law school where uh, I was in this class of about, um, I don't know, 20 kids. And um, I turned in the first exam in the class and I got the second highest score. And, um, and then we were working on a, a big project. And this is the, the professor actually became a, a pretty important person in the State Department. And um, he'd gone to Yale Law School and was very smart. And, and one day I was in there talking to him about this project. And I thought I was doing really well. I'd had a, you know, I was getting a great grade in his class. And um, I was, um, you know, had a great job lined up when I graduated. And I was doing a federal clerkship and I was on law review. And so I thought I was doing really well. And he said, you know, he, he said something like, you know, it's obvious you're never going to, you know, practice law very long. So you should really, you know, think about what you're good at and try something else. And, and I was really taken back by that. And, you know, I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, if you look at all these, these kids, like what, look at, just watch them in the library and watch them, you know, running around and kind of what excites them. And they're all excited about details and they're going to be happy. You know, they're all the, you know, they're, they're not, trying to do something, they're not interested in other things like you are. And just because you, you know, can get good grades doesn't mean you'll be a good lawyer. So he just saw something and he was completely right. And at the time I was very angry with him. And, um, but I sent him an email like three or four years ago saying, I couldn't believe you got, you were so right about this. So, you know, the point is, is that, you know, if you're not fit for practicing law, uh, you know, then you shouldn't be doing it. And if it's something that's not going to make you happy, um, then you shouldn't be doing it. And, um, and you, you'll kind of know deep down. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Brie can speak to this and she may have had similar feelings, but if it's just something that doesn't get you excited and you think another job should, then you really should do something else right away. 
Bree, how can you decide if you are, if you're not passionate about law writ large, or if you're just not passionate about the particular um, part of the law that you're working in at the moment? If you, you know what I mean, like, are you just unhappy with the place that you're working at, the kind of work you're doing, or are you just not fit to be a lawyer at all? If, if people are struggling with that um, question, how can they best figure it out? Yeah, I think you need to to see what parts of your day you do enjoy and understand what parts are sort of non-negotiable for, for being a lawyer in your practice group. So for me in particular, I was a litigator and I loved the idea of going to court, of doing depositions, of really getting you know client contact and, and learning the story and becoming an expert on something, doing the actual sort of substantive work of being a lawyer. I loved that. But the reality of being a litigator is that you have an immense amount of discovery to do and there's a lot of sort of solo time in your office behind your desk writing motions. Um, and I think that that was the stuff that I started to see, like, I, I just don't have a passion for this. And this is co- sort of a non-negotiable part of being a lawyer. Um, so, I mean, I think you kind of have to understand, it, are the fun parts that I enjoy going to outweigh the parts that are just make me like not want to get out of bed in the morning and, and go into the office and have to do this, this drudgery. Um, because I think for some people they, they absolutely do. And I think as your career progresses, you know, that can be, that can be a symptom of your environment is like whether or not you're kind of doing too much of that drudgery and not enough of the sort of reward side of, of your practice. Um, or, you, you know, so in that sense, you know, being at a big firm might, prevent you from seeing some more of that real substantive work where as you could go to a boutique or a smaller firm and have a little bit more of that, you know, case management, really kind of be able to be the decision maker of a case and not be micromanaged and move things forward. So I think you really need to look at, you know, do I like this work and do I like the work um, enough, you know, despite the drudgery because I get these uh, bright points and exciting points and the feeling of winning and the feeling of succeeding and, you know, settling a case or winning a motion for summary judgment or, you know, I think some people really are driven by that. Um, but if those, you kind of have to weigh, weigh them. Um, and that's very specific to sort of t- to litigation. But, um, and I think, you know, think about are there skills? And I think this is the kind of question that a lot of um, me in the position of recruiting coordinator, I mean, recruiting manager of Uh, BCG attorney search, when I'm trying to bring on new recruiters, the things that I'm with that I'm often getting from them is that there are parts of their personality that they do not really get to exercise in being an actual attorney. And there's a lot of um, the same same things that I hear that they really like to work with people and they like to kind of build consensus and have agreement and go in a positive direction. Whereas sometimes being a lawyer is, is really not about that. It's about sort of crushing your enemy. Um, so, you know, there, there might be just a part of your actual personality that you're not getting satisfied by the work that you're doing. And I'll just say one other thing, um, like Harrison and kind of touched on is kind of like that girl who was, you know, wanting to work for like the Sierra Club and doing environmental work that's in protection of the environment. I I got very kind of burnt out on, um, you know, lawyers really have to have a, a, a bifurcated mind and you have to have, you know, sort of separate sometimes your emotions from the work that you have to do. And some people are better doing that than others. And that personally, for me, really started getting to me um, having to to defend clients who did things I was really not a fan of. And, you know, I wasn't really able to, to make that kind of 
to, to section those things off in my mind. Um, so I think that that starts to be what does start to weigh a little bit on the person who maybe isn't in the right career. If, if that kind of stuff is um, starts to weigh on you and you, you kind of don't feel deeply satisfied with your overall the overall purpose of what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, to that point about trying to gather the best information, it can be hard, especially in the younger part of your career, the early part of your career, where um, you're sort of operating in a vacuum and trying to get good information about what you should be doing or how you should go about kind of solving your problems isn't necessarily readily available. And indeed, there's a lot of people out there offering advice that is often terrible advice. And it's sort of hard to kind of delineate between the good and the bad. Again, especially when you're kind of inexperienced. Harrison, can you pick up on that point about um, when you go trying to seek some advice, seek some information about what your next move should be, you speak a lot about not making rash decisions. uh, And we've spoken about that in the past and and to try and gather good information. So how do you do that? Where should you go? Well, and that's a good question. I mean, the problem with asking for people for advice that I found is that when you ask people for advice, most people have, um, you know, a hidden agenda. So, you know, if you ask your family for advice, you know, they may see you as an attorney. Um, you know, if you ask your parents and want to have a child that's an attorney and that can't, you know, that may not be helpful. And they may make you feel like if you're not an attorney, you're going to disappoint them. You know, if you ask a, um, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I, I once hired a recruiter. Actually, she still works here and she she was having career anxiety and she was in New York. And so she went and um there was this woman that charged a thousand dollars an hour to talk to her about her career. And to me, that seems like, you know, that's kind of a, you know, I mean, that's more than a most attorneys charge. I mean, it's crazy, you know? And so, you know, maybe someone's got great advice for a thousand dollars an hour, but you know, it does seem like, you know, that, you know, that's someone that kind of is, is preying on you a little bit. Yeah. You know, and the person also happened to, be a recruiter. So if you wanted to go work in a law firm, they'd tell you about that, which seems to be a little bit of conflict of interest. And then, you know, and then you have legal recruiters. I mean, you know, a legal recruiter's objective uh, is to fill openings inside of law firms or companies. And so, you know, their success, their their solution is generally going to involve, uh, you know, uh, telling you to go apply to new firms, uh, you know. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, the idea is, is that whoever you talk to will have a, an agenda and in most cases. And, uh, you know, and I gave the example um, of this girl that I know um, and she was getting ready to graduate from Harvard um, with a degree and she was taking a psychology class. And um, and this this professor was teaching his very last class and he'd been teaching there for like 30 or 40 years. And. You know, I guess he must have thought that people that take psychology classes also end up going to see therapists because he said, you know, the most important decision you'll ever make is what, you know, therapist you go see because your therapist is always going to have agendas. They're going to be, you know, they could be liberal or racist or conservative or whatever. And um, and they're going to make you feel that however you're whatever you're doing is good or bad based on their own opinions. And so. You know, so a, a good person that's good at that job that maybe leaves himself out of it could could be very good. But most people are going to have an, a hidden agenda, even if they don't realize it, and they can mold you into one person or another. You may not be, you know, good for. So the idea that I think is, if you have um, anxiety about your career, you know, you do need to talk to someone. 
Uh, what I always try to do and one of the goals of my career and writing and doing podcasts and these articles and videos and so forth is to give people tools to kind of reach their own conclusions and um, about who they are and what they want. And because you can read an article and you can get a point of view, but then you can, you know, read someone else's article. And, you know, so I, when I was having career anxiety, what I would do is um, I would read, you know, lots of books about different, you know, things, but, you know, whether it was, um, you know, books of other, about other attorneys or books about, you know, the things that other people went through. And that, that was something that helped me. Uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, another option would be, uh, you know, you can certainly talk to a career counselor, but, you know, a career counselor may not really have the tools to help you understand what's going on. Um, you know, in most cases, you know, it's going to be a question of, you know, what type of career is best for you and what makes you, what makes you happiest and what drives you. And I keep, just one more thing, sorry, I keep coming back to the point of everyone has something that they're good at. And I think they really do. I mean, everyone has something, you know, that they're good at and comes natural to them. I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, um, you know, I don't know, um, you know, pottery or, you know, or something. I, mean, I don't know. But I mean, it, everyone has something. And so to find whatever that is and to draw that out and develop it, if it's not practicing law, then, you know, you're probably better off putting your effort into something like that than something you're not going to be happy doing. Yeah. I want to focus on that point about um, getting quality information as it relates to career counseling or indeed other placement agencies. Uh, again, you've spoken about this in the past about how when you were thinking about making a transition in your legal career, you just found like the quality of career counselors, other placement agencies were really, really low. And I know you really pride yourself on BCG search and the quality of information and the quality of contacts that you've been able to develop over the years. Um, and can we kind of compare and contrast that with sort of the bad career counselors, the bad placement agencies out there? Just to give, I mean, obviously a plug for the business, but also to give people information about how you can compare and, and understand what's good and what's bad when you're going out there trying to get some help from, from either a counselor or a placement agency. Well, yeah. And so the problem with the, with the business is that, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a commission driven business and, you know, so recruiters are, you know, motivated by trying to make placements and, and that sort of thing. So the, that's what kind of creates the problems. And then, you know, and because there's no, um, you know, no way to tell that. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know, you can meet someone in a bar and you don't know if they have good intentions or bad intentions uh, and you don't know anything about them. Um, and it's sort of like that with recruiters. And so one of the things that, you know, our recruiters try to do is we try to get out there and demonstrate that we have a lot of jobs that we have a lot of knowledge of the market and, um, and, and really um, take, take it seriously. Uh, one of the things about our placement firm that makes us a little bit different is that, the recruiters that are working here uh, with with no, you know, w that are attorneys are all people that when we encounter them, we believe that we could place, uh, you know, so and place them in good firms. And so that, for one thing, means they're not coming into recruiting because they can't get a position in a major law firm. These are all people that can get work, you know, jobs in major law firms. Um, even, you know, the manager, Bree, um, you know, is the same. I mean, everybody here um, could get a job in a major law firm if they wanted to when they first, when we first started talking to them about um, working for us. And so what that means is that these are not people that have been cast out of the law firm world. They're not people that 
uh, don't have the qualifications to work in law firms, and they're people that have made a conscious decision to turn um, their very highly skilled um, and, and incredible pedigrees to uh, doing what we do. I mean, the majority of our recruiters actually went to Ivy League law schools. Uh, you know, I, I certainly didn't, but, um, you know, <laughs> but um, the majority of them did. And um, the majority of them did very, very well there. Um, most of them are very self-motivated, um, did exceptionally well in college, you know, which is, you know, you can go to, you know, and um, and, and just, you know, have a, all around um, a lot of substance. And so, you know, we don't run a sales organization. And for that reason, uh, our, our company is a lot, uh, you know, different than uh, competitors. It's, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, um, you know, you just you normally do not. Um, you know, find in this business. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're not trying to be the biggest. Um, we're just trying to be the best and really do do a lot with quality. And, um, you know, and I guess the final thing is that the way our company's set up is we have, you know, the majority of our employees and we have over 150 are people that are in charge of gathering jobs, of, um, you know, finding information, of developing patterns and so forth. And, uh, and so it's just different. It's not like this is not like a kitchen table game. I mean, this is a very serious, you know, business where, you know, we're, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a day just to keep the doors open. I mean, it's not it's not like anything out there. And it's not, um, you know, we're not just trying to place people in the biggest firms. We can place them in every type of firm. And, um, you know, it's a passion. It's just a different different type of company. Yeah. And I do think it kind of comes back to getting the the right advice that I think our, our recruiters are going to be in a much better posi- position from a perspective of, of having perspective and having a breadth of knowledge of the legal market. I mean, um, somebody who's working in one firm, they've only ever worked in one firm, they think this is what law firm life is like, um, it, is, it can be very difficult to get out of that myopic point of view and, and really get a full perspective of, of what the possibilities are out there. These, uh, This is the career of, of our recruiters who work here, and they have talked to people at all sorts of firms coming from all sorts of backgrounds, and they're gathering intel and expertise and market knowledge from every single one of the candidates that they talk to. So they have, you know, sort of put the spider spider web out there and, and slowly grow their understanding of what are all the different types of places to practice and what are the realities of different firms and, and getting all that information that you would just never be able to gather on your own. So as far as getting good advice and uh, like a full scope of advice about you know, what your possibilities are and how your life might be different, um, you know, that that is the place to start for sure. When BCG Search brings on new clients, when you bring on, you know, lawyers that are looking to make a transition in their career, uh, I'm interested in what the conversation you have with them so that you yourselves can figure out whether or not this person is looking for something different inside the law, or maybe, I mean, for example, have you ever said to someone, maybe this isn't for you anymore? I'm just curious about that kind of conversation that you have to have to be able to kind of glean those details from an individual to to know where best to place them, or if indeed they should be placed. Well, I, I think part of that comes down to our, our initial conversation that, that we have with the candidates. And really, we do kind of take a a lot of my recruiters I know take a very kind of therapeutic approach to it and try to really understand what is it that you do or don't like about where where you are. So, I mean, a lot of this does end up being a little bit of armchair psychology and understanding, like, is it a fit issue? Is it, um, you know, is it the work that you're doing? Is it the people that you're working with? So we kind of try to walk the, the candidate through 
things that they might not have really sat back and thought about themselves in a real way um, to understand, you know, what why it is that they're looking to move. I mean, sometimes it's very straightforward as to why they're looking to move, like the, the work is slowing down or, you know, potentially they're getting counseled out and it can be a very kind of straightforward, they, the, the discussion of whether or not the, the law is the right thing for them um, doesn't always come up. But, you know, what we try to do is get those touch points of understanding what is it they're looking for, what do they want, um, and we kind of use that as a chorus to come back to, like, over the course of their search, like, this is what you said you wanted, you know, and, and you know, from kind of a big picture perspective of where you want to be in your life and your career and and your happiness level, and, you know, here are the sort of the the things that we are aiming at to kind of get you there um, and keep keep them on track with that and be able to to formulate our search parameters and the kinds of things that we're targeting for them based on really the the real you know the real heart of what they told us um, so kind of helping clarify for them what it is they're looking for I think is a big part of what, what we're able to do. Um, in a way that they might just not have done themselves. And it goes to the quality of information that we were talking about before. The fact that you folks have worked with so many lawyers in so many different practice areas, uh, you can kind of give them uh, maybe a broader perspective than they haven't experienced in their careers thus far, especially if they were kind of, as you talked about, the kind of the myopia that sets in when you're in just one practice group at one law firm. Um, You can't see the forest from the tree. So just being able to talk to somebody that is – lots of experience with lots of different people in, in lots of different practice areas has to be hugely beneficial and clarifying, I think, for a lot of people. Well, yeah. And then one thing that we do that I think, you know, th- this is just kind of in the, you know, the DNA of the company when it started is we, we only, you know, our recruiters only work with people in certain geographic areas. So they'll, you know, they, so they become very familiar. So they won't work over the whole country. They'll only work in one geographic area. Uh, I will occasionally work with people all, all over the country, but for the most part, um, almost all the people that we work with, I mean, every single recruiter will work with people in, in one, you know, geographic region. And then that means that we understand the firms in those regions better. Uh, and it's very, it's a big job. I mean, you know, theoretically, I mean, you could have, you know, a recruiter in just different parts of a city because there's so much to learn about each individual firm and to establish relationships. And then the other thing that we do that I think is um, really important is we're very honest that we only place people inside of law firms. We don't try to, you know, be all things to all people. Uh, You know, we don't try to start businesses doing contract placement. We don't try to have businesses doing in-house placement or placing paralegals and things like that. I mean, doing the work that we do um, in in the law firm world is is very, very time-consuming. I learn new stuff, several things each day, and so does Brie. That's one thing, you know, it makes our job so interesting. So there's just so much depth to this. And what that means is when someone comes to us you know, instead of like a, uh, an approach that makes no sense, I mean, we get people jobs all the time. I mean, our recruiters, you know, our company makes placements every day and, and competing firms, they just don't. I mean, it's just a different model. And we're also a legal placement firm, which means, you know, we're not just calling people on the phone and then trying to throw them into a law firm. I mean, in most instances, the people that we work with, um, you know, come to us or, you know, we tell them they could be a good fit for something or, you know, or we tell them through an article, for example, that, you know, this practice area is doing really well and they may come to us. But, you know, for the most part, people come to us and then we place them as a legal placement firm, not as recruiters sending them off to one or two firms. When they come to us, we have a comprehensive understanding of the market. 
And just to kind of pick up on that point, what we're really doing is we're working with the candidate to find the right fit for the candidate, as opposed to the law firm comes to us and we're just trying to cast out blindly to find people that might fit what the law firm is looking for. I mean, so that really allows us to take into consideration the the different nuances of the actual candidate that we're working with. And we're trying to actually find a match for a career path that makes sense for that candidate and not just shove them into a firm because on paper they seem that they might fit, which is, um, which I think is a really real benefit to our candidates in the long run um, is that we, we are not so focused on finding 10 different people to send to this one firm. We're focused on finding 10 firms to send this one candidate. But one final thing is that, um, you know, our recruiters tend to be very collaborative with each other. So, uh, you know, because they're not competing for, uh, candidates and they're not competing for jobs. And we actually go out and get, get all the jobs for the recruiters. Um, and they're not competing, you know, call, cold calling firms for candidates. They're collaborative and they share information. And so it's not, everybody's not just in one island. They're all working together. I wonder to what we talked about, you have to gather as much information as possible, um, get a better situational awareness uh, of the industry that you're working in. But I wonder to what degree you run into folks that, um, need to go kind of deeper internally to be able to make a better decision about where to go next, that they don't fully understand why they're experiencing some uh, job anxiety, some employment anxiety. This is difficult because it sort of gets more into like psychology and counseling rather than just helping people find a better job. Can you talk a little bit about that um, and to what degree you can guide someone uh, at BCG Search to try to better understand their internal motivations and what might be best for them? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people will do things like they'll want to switch practice areas or they'll want to, um, you know, they say they just want a boutique firm. And, you know, and so if somebody wants to switch practice areas a lot of times, I mean, there's there are reasons to do that. And that's something that, that can be, you know, a good idea for some people. But, you know, in the most part, when you run into things like that, you know, the peop- the person may actually just think, you know, that they just need to try a few more things and um, and be unhappy practicing law. Um, you know, so if you run into that, then, uh, you know, that's a lot of times a sign that maybe the person should be doing something else. Another thing is, um, you know, if they've taken a lot of time off and want to come back, that usually doesn't work. I mean, if someone takes time off and they, they come back, even if they get a good job, they typically will leave again. You know, I mean, just someone has to be internally motivated and really like practicing law. And there are there are a lot of people like that. I mean, most attorneys that stick with it and really like it and are comfortable with it. So, um, but you just have to ask those kind of questions and you know and see you know what what the issues are with a person. I mean, the, the one thing that I would say, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, I I'm actually on the the on one end of this. A lot of times when I talk to attorneys in New York City. Um, and, you know, to, to a lesser extent, maybe Silicon Valley and a couple other places in the country and just some large firms in general is there a lot of times are so shell shocked from having worked just really inhumane hours and not seeing any opportunities and so forth that they think they've continued, you know, completely given up on the practice of law. And I mean, that's crazy. It's like because my thought is, uh, you know, it, the reason that people um, give up is they feel um you know, uh, you know, that, uh, there's, it's hopeless. Like they feel like they have no control over their life or their situation and therefore they need to quit. And so, you know, in a New York city law firm, that's really big, it's, it's going to be impossible to make partner. If you want to stay there and make that kind of income, you're going to need to be part of this treadmill where you're working all these hours and so forth. And so people, a lot of times will just give up and they'll think, I don't want to practice law anymore. And so 
that's actually something that I talk to people and I talk to them and they really don't want to practice law. And then they're so hung up on prestige and things that they don't want to go to a smaller firm. And a lot of times the best attorneys and the ones that have the most anxiety are the ones that shouldn't be giving up. They're the ones that their anxiety is just because they put themselves like on, you know, this incredible track where it's just not for them. I mean, you know, if you're um, 350 pounds and you're expected to run a competitive marathon, uh, three times a week. I mean, that's just probably not a good idea. You know, if you're running against people that weigh 80 pounds <laughs> that are, you know, have this like really, you know, cause you're just going to get, it's just not for you. And I, that may not be the best example, but the idea is, is that, you know, there's, there's certain types of, you know, you might be a really good sprinter and not a good long distance runner. And you need to be in an area like a, a type of firm that, uh, is going to take, make the best of your, um, your skills. And so that may be a smaller firm. They work in a smaller market and maybe, you know, maybe another practice area, but in most cases, just a different environment, you know, and that's, you know, so attorneys, I talk to them all the time and I just see them giving up or having all these health problems and so forth because they're in the wrong environment. I think it can be difficult to find the time to, to really analyze yourself when you're sort of in the mix of, of all the, all the stuff that's going on and you're in the, in the rat race of the law firm. Um, so I think it really is taking the time to, to objective, objectively analyze with a cool head as much as you can. Okay. What is it that is making me unhappy here? And kind of back to what I said in the, in the beginning of this podcast, like, is this, actually the practice of law or is it something else is there a way for me to find some joy in the practice of law and what do i need to do to to figure out if if that's a possibility because um you know i think i definitely gave up a little earlier than i should have and it's funny because even my mom you know sometimes your parents might be the person to understand you the best because my mom knew at first i had not gotten into a big law firm when i was doing like on-campus interviewing and my mom had sort of, you know, of course, to make you feel better, like, I think this is actually for the best. I think you'd be better to be a, a big fish in a small pond. Um, and, you know, I ended up getting that big law firm and I, and I succeeded at the firm, but I was not happy in the, in the work there. And I think that my mom was absolutely right that I would have probably done better at a smaller firm um, at a place where I could, you know, be a little bit more in charge and just have a little bit of a different um sort of work life. And, um, I, I did give up and started, instead of changing environments and seeing if I could make it work somewhere else, I kind of just threw, threw the whole thing out the window. And I do kind of regret that. So, you know, I think maybe learn a lesson from me. It's, it's, you know, I still sometimes miss, you know, the practice of law in the way that I think I could have made it work for myself. Um, so, I mean, you know, understanding yourself, uh, getting, getting some real kind of insightful input from people who know you best and maybe know you better than yourself when it comes to stuff like this, um, because you might not be in the most objective state of mind to, to really analyze, you know, what, what it is that, that you should be doing. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And, you know, I took a lot away from this conversation today and I think people that uh, tuned in did as well. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you uh, joining me, Bree Mills and Harrison Barnes. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking to make a change, go to bcgsearch.com. We'll see you next time.